Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of M365 Voice. I'm Antonio Maya. I'm Sarah Halsey. And I am Mike Madarani. And today we're going to talk about another um, interesting topic and question that we have. We're not we're not taking this from the jar. This is more something that we ourselves were talking about. And if you think back to some of the early days of M365 and SharePoint Online, one thing that we often heard, and I, I might have been guilty of saying sometimes, was once you've migrated to SharePoint Online, right? Because many of us were on SharePoint On-Prem, and when a new version of SharePoint On-Prem would come out, we would do a migration. When another version of SharePoint On-Prem comes out, we do another migration. And we had this cycle of migrations through 2007, 2010, 2013, and so on. And one of the promises was when you move to SharePoint Online, you're always on the latest and greatest software and you never have to do another migration again. So one of the topics we wanted to address was, is that in fact true? Once you've migrated to M365 and SharePoint Online, are you never really doing migrations again? So Mike and Sarah, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So I have a couple of scenarios. I'll mention one, one of them first and let Sarah go after. Um, Yes, I have done that, uh, specifically because migrating to SharePoint Online back in the days, we were migrating from 2013 to, or 2010, into the classic SharePoint. And then with modern and things are changing quite a bit in modern world, uh, yes, I did a few migrations to modernize um, the, the intranet or the team sites or the collaboration sites into modern SharePoint. So we're doing a complete information architecture, just flattening the actual architecture of the intranet and the team sites. Uh, so that was a pretty, uh, pretty good migration, and it's not it's not as complicated, but uh, it, it takes a while to kind of come up with the right architecture, and it's an also a good opportunity to kind of redo things and reorganize the data. Uh, so that's one of the scenarios that I've had before. Um, just migrating within the same tenant for SharePoint specifically, just taking classic and moving them into properly moving them into a modern SharePoint sites. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, how about yourself? What kind of scenarios have you run into? Um, I've run into scenarios where sometimes you have companies that end up acquiring other companies and they're merging uh, okay. Microsoft 365 tenants. So you still end up having some type of a tenant move or a migration effort around that. So I think that you can never fully plan for those types of events. Um, or I've also seen it happen in some organizations um, where uh, people end up buying different licenses. Maybe um, somebody wanted a higher level license than what the organization had. So they're like, oh, for X number of dollars a month, we can get a secondary tenant. And then suddenly they are like, why do we have all of these tenants and we need to bring everybody back together on one? So I think that that's definitely one case. But in general, I think um, once you get up to SharePoint Online, I think and you're not doing those kind of migrations, do you know what I see over time happening over years? Suddenly governance, 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 security controls become a much bigger thing. And when we were constantly upgrading from one version of SharePoint to another, sometimes I think companies would end up doing cleanup during that migration process. Yeah. Once they get up to SharePoint Online, suddenly who's going out and cleaning up stale sites, orphan sites, sites that are empty, sites that haven't been touched in multiple years. And so I oftentimes think that companies then are focused more on, well, how do we govern all of these SharePoint Online sites? Do we need to 
have them registered? Do we need to do site attestations? Do we need to do any kind of a, a review process on what these things look like? So for me, it's less about, it becomes less about migration and more about governance or actually minding the tenant um, than we had to do before when we were constantly moving from version to version. Right, that's that's a great point. It, it is a little bit of a take on the same scenario, though, because sometimes that governance requires you to move content around, can, which can very much be done like a migration. Um, a couple of other scenarios I've seen is when having, and this is similar, I think, to both of yours, when having migrated to SharePoint Online, um, a lift and shift was done. And now once in there and understanding more about it, um, organizations want to take the opportunity to reorganize. Mm -hmm. split sites, consolidate sites. When a reorganization happens and teams are brought together, they want to consolidate content together. So you end up with this cleanup exercise that can sometimes be vast and be very much like a migration has happened. Um, and then the opposite to what you said around a merger, Sarah, and merging tenants together, there's also the idea of a divestiture that I've seen as well, where a company sells off a portion of the company and they necessarily need to migrate that content out to another tenant. So I've been involved in some of those as well. You know, yeah. there's an interesting concept that, sorry, Mike. Oh, okay. No, there's an interesting concept that I was talking with someone about um, a few weeks ago, and they brought up this idea of permissions bankruptcy on a SharePoint site. And how many of us who have worked on SharePoint know we inherit a site or we have a user that inherits a site and it's got broken inheritance permissions on all kinds of different libraries, folders, list items, documents throughout the site. They spend hours and hours and hours trying to chase all of the trails and the squirrely lines and things to try and figure out. And this person was talking about, I finally decided to just declare permissions bankruptcy, delete all of the permissions for the site and rebuild them from scratch. And it, when you asked this question, Antonio, it made me think of the fact sometimes we used to wait, I feel like, for opportunities of a migration to do that type of cleanup. And maybe we need to think about giving ourselves the gift of doing it at any time that it's appropriate when you're in right. SharePoint Online because you don't have those natural breakpoints where you're doing the migration to think about doing things like that. Right. I think that speaks back to your governance and security controls point about taking that time to implement some of those governance policies or cleanup policies. I've never heard it called that, though, permission bankruptcy. That's I like that. Term. Yeah. It's kind of like where Mike lives in terms of email bankruptcy. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> that will never happen. <laughs> now, when we do do these kinds of migrations within a tenant, I'll call it migrations for now, but or cleanup exercises. I, I presume we're still using third-party tools when it's a mass amount of content, or do we use anything built in to do these kinds of cleanup exercises? Yeah, it's it's difficult to do built-in tools. Uh, we don't have a lot of built-in tools to move things around, uh, whether it is a SharePoint migrator or the move function within the document library it does not give you a lot of large scale move of content from one place to another um i, I still use a third party tool yeah uh, to do that it's definitely faster uh if you're doing uh within the tenant uh rather than doing from offline to online or from tenant to tenant uh, but yes you still need that third party tool to do proper migration because it offers a lot more flexibility
right. things that we've done migration for so many so many years and so much data, things will go wrong. Every time you do, you are moving a piece of data from one place to another, whether it's throttling, whether it's timeout, whether whatever that reason is, it's open document, something has happened. You'll get something stuck that don't move properly. So you need that kind of tool that is flexible enough to do that granularity of the migration for specific content from one place to another. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike, you brought up an interesting point around throttling, which I wasn't sure about. So when you're moving content within a tenant, so from one site to another, one library to another, do those connections get throttled the way they do from on-prem to online? No, I don't think they get throttled. If you are staying within the same tenant, they don't get throttled at all. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're coming from a different tenant, yes, you are throttled big time. Okay, that's good to know. And then do we put the same amount of planning rigor into kind of one of these inter-tenant migrations or cleanup exercises we would a migration from mm. other content sources to SharePoint Online? I would. I, I would because you, you are we are still moving content to a different place. That means you might have to have an impact on if you have any apps associated with this content, if you have any permissions associated with this content as well, what's new information architecture is going to look like, if you have any policies in there from information governance or information protections. Uh, so you're going to have to deal, about, uh, deal with that all the time. So I would do the same amount of analysis and planning. It may not take as long because you know your talent, but you still need to kind of discover the content to be able to move it to a different place. Right. Sarah, would you would you agree? Like you've worked for large organizations where I imagine you're doing some of this. Are these long planning exercises when it comes to these kinds of cleanup? I think if you're dealing with cleaning things up in your own tenant, I think that it's uh Goodness, I think it maybe depends on the organization, but here's the thing. I worry that it's going to be done a little bit more BAU or business as usual, meaning you're doing it as you have time as opposed to having a project where for this is a sign that we talk about this because I almost said project. I'm not (laughs) Canadian, but I almost said project. Um, But I think that if you're doing it within a tenant and you I worry that you won't be doing it as part of a project or you'll be doing it as you can fit in the work as opposed to planning it as a key migration effort and therefore taking the time and having the ability to invest the time in going about it and being planful the right way. I worry that organizations don't make that time. Yeah, that's a good point because it can have really serious impacts if you do get it wrong or if you do things inappropriately. Like I I can think of situations where if you do do it as you have time and you don't kind of put that planning rigor around it, it might not get scheduled as formally as it would have as if you were migrating from somewhere else. And people might be trying to work with the content during the day as you're trying to move it. So, yeah, I would agree with what you guys said that the same level of planning and rigor and formalization and scheduling should go into this concept of cleaning up content or moving content around within a tenant as you would when we were migrating content in from outside. 
Absolutely. And it's important to think about and going back to that permissions bankruptcy topic, you shouldn't just, you know, at 2.30 on a Tuesday afternoon, declare permissions bankruptcy and delete everyone's access to the site because you never know what yeah. could happen or who you're going to be impacting at that time. So I think it's important to think about those types of things and to build a plan um, before you execute that plan. And um, and to think about what growth looks like, because I know many organizations, I can remember working for different companies when we went from 2003 SharePoint to 2007 to 2010 to 2013 to 2016 to 2019. Like, and you think about those as being watershed or, you know, were, um, uh, a waterfall method or a pivotal point when you could change strategy or change direction. How do you change strategy or direction if you're still in the same tenant? And I think that there's still, you have all of the same opportunities to do that. But again, how do you plan for that appropriately? Well, I think because the difference is that one of the reasons we used to upgrade from one version to another, it was technology driven. It was not content driven. Right. In, in MC65, it's more content driven and cleanup and making sure that whatever mess we have created or the users have created, we're just gonna have to make sure that we go and put it on the right path again. It's not technology driven anymore. Yes, we are seeing features being released and improvements in the platform, but this is not the main driver anymore. That was the main driver from 2003 all the way to 2019, yeah. uh, but not in SharePoint Online anymore. I think the, the driver of any migration within the tenant is the content, how to restructure that content properly. That's a great point. The driver is definitely different because it used to be technology driven. It sometimes was support driven if the version of 2010 you were on was going out of support and mm -hmm. you needed to stay in a supported state, right? There was a lot of companies that had that situation with 2010. Um, you would migrate to this brand new version that looked different, had a lot of new features and capabilities and great things you were going to take advantage of. It, it was a pivotal migration. Right, like it was a pivotal change, and it's not that anymore. It's like, okay, we're going to reorganize content, or we're going right. to migrate into a new information architecture because we feel it will be better for how we manage our information or our content. It doesn't look any different. It might not feel very different. There might not be new features you're taking advantage of. So it is a very different driver. So you might deal with the situation differently. Agreed. Now I want to touch go back and touch base on one of the scenarios, the tenant to tenant migration. Do you recommend when you do a tenant to tenant migration, and we just focus on SharePoint only, um, do you recommend migrating as is, or do you recommend taking the opportunity to restructure SharePoint into a better IA in the new tenant? That is a great question. Speaking for myself, I typically recommend you take that opportunity to clean it up and to move to a new IA and a new structure. So you're moving into a new clean environment because you run the risk of if you do a lift and shift, as you're kind of suggesting, um, it's never going to get cleaned up and you've got the same mess in the destination environment. Now, that said, I have seen drivers for some companies where time is the primary driver. We have to get out of this and over into this by this deadline. Hands, hard stop, no ifs, ands, or buts. And when it's that kind of situation, then we tend to forego the cleanup. And it's like, all right, let's just move it as fast as possible. 
but yeah, I, I not if if in the absence of that kind of time driver, my recommendation would be take the opportunity to clean it up. But what about you both? I uh, exactly the same. I always because I know when you start a migration project, a tenant to tenant migration, it is just because exactly what you said. By that date, we need to get rid of all the licenses. And we don't want to support two tenants. So it's always time driven and the timeline is always tight. It's always driven by the executives. We made the deal. We merged into two companies together. Go, we want to have everyone in the same tenant so they can collaborate better. So timeline is always crucial. So yeah. I say never restructure. Yes, it's going to be a mess. You're going to have to deal with the mess and the new tenant and eventually come up with another project because this is a tenant to tenant migration, it is not a restructuring cleanup project. Yeah. yeah, and it's always like we have 300 terabytes and we have to move it in three months. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck. Sorry, with that. Sarah, you, you were going to say something. I always think it's amazing when it comes to content and information architecture and cleanup. We often make decisions based on a need to migrate it, to move from one platform to another, one tenant to another. Um, Rarely, I'm going to guess that rarely do you get a project that's primarily a primary driver is information architecture or a quality uplift in terms of the organization of SharePoint sites. I think migrations, a lot of times, what would you say are the drivers? To me, when I'm involved in migration projects, it's almost always time or time schedule or cost. For me, it's about 50-50 actually. We actually do get projects where the clients are really interested in um, cleaning up their information architecture, building in content types and metadata stru structures to help them with compliance tasks like records management. So we do get several of those types of projects. Like we want to take advantage of records management capabilities. We know we need better, better metadata for that because we want automated assignment uh, policies happening for retention labels. So we want to build a new IA and we want to move into that. So we actually get quite a few of those. So for me, it's about 50-50 between that and time and cost. But what's interesting to me about that is you say that in records management being a driver, meaning that there's a clear driver that is about uh, security, compliance, or some other driver like that. And I would call that the primary driver. Uh, librarian, I'm always about information architecture, but I find that I find it more compelling than others find it sometimes. Um, so it's what what is the core driver? Yeah, it's it's to be fair, I do find it sometimes, depending on the audience, hard to sell information architecture as a primary driver. Yeah, the, the benefits of good, like there are definitely great benefits to good information architecture. Mm -hmm. And that's always my preference in doing a migration. Uh, but it's sometimes hard to sell your audience on that, depending on who they are and what drivers are coming at it from. Really good question. I like this topic, Antonio. Yeah, this is something that I, I was thinking about a few days ago and because I just thought back to days where I would tell people, migrate to SharePoint Online, we'll never do another SharePoint migration again. And then thinking about it, it's like, you know what, we still do. So I appreciate both of your thoughts on it. I, I think this is a good topic as we consider what our journey through M365 is because what I've found is it's not just a journey to M365. Even once we're in it, it's it's more a journey about how do we continue to use these tools to be more productive and to collaborate more. So this is interesting to talk about. Well, right. yeah. Thanks to you both and thanks everyone for joining us. Bye everybody. Thank you.